You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for... My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. And you are now, now back in the mix. Don't forget to hit us up at reformraza at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us up right there. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, you can find us there. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. If you are on Apple, go ahead and leave us a five-star like and, re- and leave a comment. Por favor. That would help us out a lot. And Wait, what? What? <laughs> you said a five-star like and comment? Yeah. Five stars. Leave us a five-star rating, please. Five-star rating and a review. And or a review. Likes. And if Rating, you see the post, thing. like and share. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. You like, it's like liking. Everything's liking. You know, you you put the five stars, you're liking it. Or you put three stars. Yeah, so we're going to put it out there for you guys. It's going to say, do you like me? And then we're going to put a little <laughs> box that says yes. And box that says yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find us at reformpodcast.com. We are part of the Reform the Society of Reform Podcasts. Yeah. Go ahead and find us right there. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, right? It's been a while. It's been too long. I feel like we say that on every episode now. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh yes, it has. Well, I, I think it's it's just expected now. We we're just busy. Uh, but whenever we do get around to doing episodes, we'll put them out. But like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and also, if you know anybody or if you yourself are in the Orange County area in Southern Califas, we have our Tuesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. If you know anybody that lives around the area, Westminster, Santana, Anaheim, Stanton, Huntington Beach, Garden Grove, or any of the surrounding areas, go ahead and hit us up. We'd love to see you at one of our Tuesday night Bible studies. We get lit. We get down on those Bible studies. I'm not going to lie. We always have some good food afterwards. Oh, some bomb food. That's our slogan. Uh, Word, fellowship, food. In that order. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. We get down like that. We get down like that. So go ahead and hit us up. Go ahead and send us a a DM on Instagram. We'll give you the address. And so we'll hope to see y'all there. So what is, what is it that brings us here to make another episode to talk about something? What has motivated us to be like, you know what? We got we to gotta, we gotta speak on this. We got to talk about this. What has brought us to this episode, Justin? 
Um, I, I, so coming to this episode, we've, uh, I, I believe every Christian has gone through their experience of contextualization, um, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, and I guess just from experiencing wrong ways to contextualize, whether it's from ourselves or seeing it from other people, uh, we're led <clears throat> to this point of this episode of what is contextualization. Because um, ultimately, when it's done wrong, it can, in a way, um, be a stumbling block to those um, that can be reached with the gospel, or it could, in a way, um, hurt people. Um, yeah, so I guess this is one of those episodes where it sort of ties in with what we've talked about in past, in, in sort of those episodes where, we, where we've talked about um, just preach the gospel um, but how does it look like on the other end when 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 people are saying just preach the gospel but yet there are people actually within the city within our communities that are hurting so how, how do we do that within um, urban communities how do we do that <clears throat> around people that need the gospel but need more than just the words of the gospel or something that that can happen to is just not contextualizing at all. Because mm-hmm. I remember, I remember one time I was at I was at the swamp meet, and and walking around, and then there was this uh, the dude he was uh, preaching like outdoor, uh, open door preaching, just like out there open air preaching. Open, open air. Door. What the heck? Open, open, open door. We're outside, bro. <laughs> open air preaching, and um, people are just passing by, not really paying attention to him. So I stop and I listen to him. And he's being very theologically accurate. He's saying, Christ is a propitiation for your sins. And he made atonement for you and repent and this and that. And I was like, whoa, okay, I, I, I see this fool. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, saying all the right, correct uh, theological terms. And he's like, all right, he's, he's on his theology. All right, that's cool. But I'm looking around and this swap meet is filled with Mexicans, with Latinos, right? So I'm like... These people have no idea what he's saying. It's not that Latinos are illiterate or nothing like that, but like he's he's speaking a language that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. All right, saying all the correct theological terms. He's on point with his theology and his terminology and all these kind of things. I was like, I understand him. I know what he's saying. I know he's sound in his gospel, but he's using words that this these common people. Do not understand. They, they, not only that, but he's speaking English in, in a Latino kind of place. But he's literally speaking a different language, both literally and and you know terminology-wise. You know, he's speaking words that they don't understand. So no wonder people are just passing by, not paying attention to him because they have no idea what he's saying. And I think that's the problem right there when we get to, to this point of high um, theology and we get so caught up in being theologically accurate because I this happened to me too you know what I mean I you get stuck in and I want to use the right words I want to be accurate in my presentation and I want to make sure that I'm presenting the gospel biblically right because that's the heart of of someone who's really trying to 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 share the gospel they want to be accurate in the gospel why because we do truly believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we truly believe that. 
the problem is getting caught up in such and in, in the in the and being theologically accurate that we forget that these folks aren't like that the purpose of us being theologically accurate is so that we can break down these high theological concepts and and in the gospel and break it down so that the common folk can understand that's the whole point of contextualization yeah i was gonna say once once you you were speaking that that story it's like now a lot of people are not gonna know what justification means Mm -hmm. they're not gonna know all regeneration uh sanctification all all of the all these biblical terms that those who are in theology are gonna know like you said the common people won't know it it's not so much the well, yeah, it has to do with the language, but the terminology people just yeah. don't understand, and uh, which reminds me of uh, uh, one of our revs. I, I was with him in the car, and he was just ta- talking to one of the youths, and he's uh, he's presenting the gospel, but he's not using these theological words. And I, at the end, I was just like, Rev, how, how, like, how me understand? How are you doing this? He, he he said one thing. He said, "Don't overcomplicate. Don't overcomplicate uh, the gospel." They just Mm-mm. need. They just need. They need to hear the gospel, yes, but don't overcomplicate that you can't communicate the gospel to them. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I share that just to say that people aren't going to know these. They're not going to know justification. They're not going to know all these things, but they can be reached out, and this is where contextualization comes into play. Yeah, it's that common joke in either movies or TV shows where there's a smart person trying to explain something to the rest of the group mm. and they always say English. Yeah. Right. Mm. Or it's like the <laughs> yep. scientists or, or, you know, somebody that's speaking in a like scientific language or they're speaking in, in words that others don't use commonly. And, and the joke is that, you know, English, like, like, like for us humans, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and that's where, that's where it leaves us mm. um, who are in our reformed theology where it's just like, how am I going to bring this to other people so they may understand it without confusion? Right. Mm. So, so that example they used of the Swami is like, yeah, like, like, man, we get so, so like fired up uh, when we start learning these words and these terminologies and, and, and we want to have these discussions with these things. And, and then we go out and we, we, I guess, fail to recognize our audience when we're preaching or when we're sharing the, the knowledge that we have. And, and we end up confusing the people that we're trying to talk to. And it's just like, and then, then they're just like there with questions on their heads. Yeah. He's like, what, what do you even say? <laughs> they're like, okay, okay, okay. English, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but just in case I, I missed it, can you say it again? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's like Nemo's dad. It's like, he's trying to speak to me. I know it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's exactly what happens. We get we get so caught up in, in in the zeal of being theologically accurate that we forget the simplicity of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's real simple. You know what I mean, so okay, I think we should start by you know defining what does contextualization mean. And I think uh, Timothy Keller does a really good job in explaining that in his book Senate Church. Um, <laughs> Salvation and stuff. I saw that coming bro, too, bro. Sorry, I was like, man, that's that scared a bunch of people right now. If, what, if, hey, if, you know what? That's why people listen to this podcast because we're like do things like that. You know what I mean? We just want to know if you were paying attention. Can you repeat that? I put the I put the book on. For, on, for those on. that didn't, yeah, for those that didn't see, he actually put his book on the the soundboard. <laughs> 
Hey, there's somebody out there laughing at this, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you know, I just blessed their day. They just, they just laughed. So, oh, anyway, curse their ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Timothy Keller in his book uh, Center Church, which I encourage uh, anybody who's like seeking to church plants or you know seeking a, a pastoral role or some some higher office like that to really read this book because it's 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 really good it has it covers everything everything so um he describes it like this sound contextualization means translating and adapting the communication and ministry of the gospel to a particular culture without compromising the essence of the of the particulars of the gospel itself so let me contextualize that definition he's saying Preach the gospel in ways that people could understand without missing the, 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 the essence of the gospel itself. So present the gospel without losing the, 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 the biblical definition of it. So, so the thing is that we can, every time someone shares the gospel, they're automatically breaking it down in their own words so that the person uh, who, is he, the, who is hearing can understand it. So automatically we're contextualizing without knowing without knowing that we're that's what we're doing when we present the gospel we're presenting in a way um based on the person that 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 you that you're presenting to in a way that they're going to understand without compromising without losing the definition of the gospel itself yeah so so it's not a matter of are you contextualizing are you contextualizing it's more of are you doing it well or are you mm-hmm. um having um, struggle doing that because unless you are in the first century church over um, in Judea and you know in that area during that time when this was being written the scriptures were being written um, you, everyone since then will have to do a type of contextualization to at least be able to um, explain the, the scriptures to people yes yeah, and uh, I think and I think that's the fear that most people have in evangelizing, is that how how do I do it? I think at the at the at the essence of the fear of evangelizing, not just going and talking to to, to strangers, is how am I going to present the gospel in ways that people are going to understand? So, um, so I think that's a really good definition, and I think that. Um, that 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 definition right there is a good basis for what contextualization contextualization is. Right. So, so I guess going to your question, how? Right. It, it's going to take time and practice. It's going to take experience uh, because first and foremost, not every person you're going to come to with the gospel is going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to be a simple. Uh, five-step method this is how you convert a person or this is how you give them the gospel right um as maybe i i don't know the the correct term for this but as uh you know the the ray comfort way right yeah the style of preaching um even though that may fit a lot of categories when when you're able to evangelize to people it may not work all the time you know Uh, what that's that's very true dude because I've tried it. I try to stick to that motto at the like, okay, you know, I've seen these videos. He always breaks it. He always comes back to 
to to that point okay are you a good person this and that every conversation always leads to that like oh that's dope that he's able to do that so when i try to do it it doesn't always work out that way for some reason (laughs) yeah it's not it's not always gonna be a cookie cutter method yeah and 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 this is where it puts us on our toes right it puts us up to game where we have to be alert and and be, be able to be perceptive of of the the people that we're talking to uh, to be able to pick up on, you know, body language, pick up on, you know, whether or not this person may seem interested in this way or not, um, or even just the language that they use. So that way we could better uh, translate to them the gospel. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that goes into the process of, t- of contextualization. Um, but within contextualization, there's, of course, misconceptions of it, right? Of what people may think contextualization is or maybe the fear that people have of it right of you know maybe when we get you know to this cage stage of just this theology this this theological knowledge that we gain uh, we sort of have a fear of even trying to do any type of contextualization because we don't want to lose the essence of it but but we fail to see how we're able to translate it in such a way where others can not only understand the essence of it, but in, in a way that we could also bring it down in different terms and different um, words that will be able to translate well to them. Uh, and, and, and so I guess one of the misconceptions is that that uh, contextualization is a type of compromise. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to this, um when it comes to, to evangelism and, and where, where do we draw the line with compromise, I think uh, when I think of contextualization, right, it's like we're going to infiltrate those around us in our culture and hit them with the gospel. And so I, I guess I'd, I'd say where's where, where does uh, how do you evangelize without compromising, right? Because I mean, people take the scripture out of, out of out of its context, where where Paul Paul goes to say to the Jews that became like the Jews, to the Gentiles that became like the Gentiles. So in a way, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna reach these people, so I gotta dress like them, I gotta look like them, I gotta do, uh, change my whole lifestyle to, to infiltrate them. them, I gotta become them. <laughs> it's like, nah, that's that's not what Paul is saying. And so, I mean, I mean when it comes to infiltrating, it's like we can't compromise who we are in Christ. Yeah, but we gotta engage engage them in a way of communicating the gospel to them, not communi- not with uh, without compromising, uh, without compromising, compromising the, gospel the gospel itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think that um, th- I think that's the fear of of a lot of people who are like in super high theology, and there's nothing wrong with with you know getting your studies on and, and being theologically accurate. You know, we all seek and we all strive to do that. You know, we want to be accurate in our in our terms and we want to be accurate in the gospel. The problem is that we get too caught up in it to the point of of losing the the view of the simplicity of the gospel itself. So the fear is if I break it down in these non-theological terms, then I'm losing the essence of the gospel i think that's the fear of 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 some people they're like if we're losing we're gonna lose we're not gonna we're not gonna accurately communicate the gospel if i don't use these high theological terms 
And that's not always the case because you can break down what it, what does it mean? What does justification by faith mean without using that term justification by faith? You know what I mean? You can break it down like, oh, when you believe in Christ, he makes you perfect in his eyes and you are, you are in a right standing with him. That's justification right there without using the word. You know what I mean? So there's there's ways in doing this without using high theological terms. And I, we're not also, and it depends too, because if 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 you are witnessing to someone who has studies and, you know, is knowledgeable and, and you know, a smart guy, basically, then you feel more free to to use these terms because okay i'm i know that this guy's probably gonna understand me using these high theological terms you gotta know uh your who you're presenting to that's that's the thing right there yeah it's knowing your audience who you're having conversation with and and then you're able to then uh internally you're, you're able to have this this uh reading where you're able to pick up and and see well okay maybe i could I could use some of this language or maybe I need to break it down more simply to this person. See, because when, you, when you're when you talking to like a Jehovah's Witness or to a Mormon or to a Muslim, they're already used, they're already used to using theological terms. So you can use, you know, words like atonement or justification and things like that because you know that they know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So from that point, you can be like, okay, this is how the atonement you know, this is what the atonement did for us. You know what I mean? And like, oh, you can have that discussion between themselves. But you you feel more free to use these theological terms um, because you know that the other person is gonna know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing right there. Yeah, it, it's it's that whole um, it's the 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 <laughs> man. My mind's going blank. But it's it's all that practice of gauging the people that you're talking to. Um, but yeah, and and then going back to. Uh, the one of the other misconceptions that that there is of contextualization, which would be like like how Victor pointed out, which is when we start to look and start acting like the culture, um, without even getting to the gospel, we get so wrapped up in 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 trying to be like the culture in a sense to 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 draw the the people in, but we end up losing the essence of the gospel. And, and this is this is more of a compromise, not on the end of those who are theologically astute, but more so of the the average American church. So you so yeah. you end up with with skinny and jeans, uh, uh, <laughs> a, a jean jacket, and a, and, a, and, a, and a head full of gray hair. And you, and you think like, Bro, oh, I gotta break it down. <laughs> I was gonna say for those of you who seen Martin in his Instagram, imagine him with skinny jeans one day and saying, "I'm out here preaching the gospel." <laughs> <laughs> with skinny jeans on tight shirt <laughs> and, and his hair not not his hair but his beard all dyed up <laughs> he has a snapback on he, he has uh glasses <laughs> right the glasses that i don't even need they're, they're just there just to like make me look cool <laughs> they're for the like the blue the blue light <laughs> I, I was gonna say that, yeah that's a, that's the wrong oh, way to man. put it because i mean you mentioned you mentioned also also justin just uh, uh it's more so the american church doing this they're drawing the people in but they're not presenting the gospel. I remember going to a conference one at once at Mega Church, and the youth pastors right there just trying just trying to be all cool, like, "Hey guys, uh, I, I I don't want to preach to you. I just want to tell you guys three things." 
<laughs> it's like, what do you mean you don't want to preach to them? This is why You're I came. doing it. I'm like, no, no, but, but, but he's making, making, making it seem like, oh, you know, all this church stuff, I'm not with it, but let me tell you some things about God. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. like if the that, things of the church are uncool. So, yeah. You know, forget this church stuff. Let me just tell you some things to live by. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then that's when that's when you fall and that's when the compromise happens right there. Mm-hmm. So you end up compromising the gospel and you're no longer preaching the gospel. Now you're preaching morality now. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger right there with the mega church. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, I'm, I, I was going to say some other things, but then. No, no, but even going back to the other end, right? The flip side, which is where we fail to contextualize correctly. Um and, and I guess we don't even end up contextualizing where we just continue just to give them um, doctrine. We give them these theological words. And on our part, we think we're doing right because we're giving them the, the correct terminology. We're giving them the, the straight raw gospel to them or so we, you know, quote unquote, right? Um, and, and we see people not responding. So we think to ourselves like, man, these people don't want God. These people hate God, but at the same time, we're like, man, we're not giving them something to, to, to take. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're like going right over the heads. Um, so yeah, so so even then, on the other side of that, which would be that, which is where we're we don't want any type of uh, contextualization in any way because we see it as compromise. Um, and and that's where it, it led me to to that. Uh, to I guess an understanding where when we become knowledgeable of the word when we become so rich in you know theology and all these things right we become uh, zealous for these things we have that fear of preaching the gospel where we now we just stick to circles of just other churched people we stick to the circles of other uh, uh, theologians where now we're we're not so concerned about going out to the people to preach to them the gospel, but now we're more wrapped up in in discussing theological points with other people in the church. We're more concerned about correcting other Christians and their theological points and and making sure they get reformed, right? Where we're now we're all about instead of converting unbelievers, we're converting believers to reform theology. Mm. And and we sort of fail to go back to the to the simple gospel, reminding us we fail to remind ourselves of our own testimony, and we fail to go back to the culture to give them the gospel that saved us. Mm-hmm. So so I think even even in that, when we remember our testimony, not only do we remember to preach the gospel to other people who are dead in their sins, but we also remember. That man, even though I may be theologically accurate, that didn't even save me. Mm, mm, what saved mm, mm. me was just a simple preaching of the gospel. When we remember a testimony, that should also remind us of that as well. That man, just a simple gospel, <laughs> you know, saved me. That that's what brought brought to me faith, right? And by remembering that, I'm able to now, you know in any way hum- humble myself right of how big headed I, I think I am because of all this stuff and be like man like the simple gospel saved me let me go out and preach just a simple gospel let me not get caught up in all this knowledge and you know all this other stuff that's a good example right there 
I'm not like opening these for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is, man. But also, when it comes to preaching, when it comes to sermons, um, there's always the the thing is that you can have a mega church like John MacArthur and have go to these conferences um, where all these theological people are going to go and and you can use all the theological terms that you want. Um, and that's cool and everything. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool to have a church full of just theologically accurate people and and using all these terms and preaching and, and everyone's going to know what you're talking about. Like, that's cool. That's really cool. But I remember one time um, when with one of my sisters, you know, I was trying, I was, we were just talking about, you know, predestination and things like that. So, like, you know what? I'm going to send her this Vody Bakum preaching. It's really good. You know what I mean? He breaks it down really, not, not breaks it down, but like, oh, I couldn't understand what he's saying, right? So I thought he was breaking it down really good because it's very theologically accurate and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll send her this video so she can check it out. She responds to me. I have no idea what, what he's talking about. <laughs> and, like, and I was like, well, how do you not understand what, what he's saying? You know what I mean? Um, and that's when I realized, okay, yeah, this is this guy's using, you know, all these hard terms, but like my sister is not no theologian over here. You know what I mean? She's a Christian, she's a believer, but how how is she gonna understand this doctrine of election? If it's not broken broken down simply to her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, we need to we need to do that more in the church, you know what I mean? And I think Archie Sproul did a good job on breaking it down in his book Chosen by God, you know what I mean? Because if you look at that book, it's it's presenting, you know, the Calvinistic view, but it's not necessarily using um, the word Calvinism and things like that. It's just using you know, biblical words and breaking it down real simple. You know, Arshis Pro did a real good, does a yeah. real good job, did a real good job, you know what I mean, of breaking down high theological concepts and bringing it down so that people can understand. I think that's the goal right there of contextualization. We want to understand, we want people to understand these high theological views. So what we're going to do is we're going to take these high theological views and break it down and using examples so that the common person can understand, right? So if like for us, you know, for example, we're gonna go, you know, we're by by God's grace, if he allows us, we're gonna plant a church in the city of Santana where there's one PCA, PCUSA church. If you don't know the PCUSA, kind of like a liberal denomination. Um, but, you know, other than that, there's no reformed churches in the city of Santana. So here, here we are, you know, coming through to the city where it's like 85% Latinos and, and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, very hood. Our mission and our goal is going to be to present the gospel and to, and to evangelize and to preach the gospel so that people can get saved so that we can bring them these high theological terms. And that's going to be a process in itself because we're not going to do that in just one day or even a year. It's going to be a lifetime of working alongside these people so that they can know what the canons of door are or the Heidelberg catechism or using these, you know, other, you know, theological terms. We need to break down what federal headship is, you know, and we're going to get them to that point. Our goal is going to be to to preach the gospel, 
get them saved and then grow in their knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. And that's going to that's going to take the rest of our lives to do. If God wills, that's what we're going to do for the rest of our life. You know, until the Lord decides to take us home is to get these people, um, bring the message of Jesus Christ to these people and then raise them up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that, you know, one day, you know, if the Lord wills, he'll raise up other men to plant other churches to 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 other hood areas so that they can do the same thing. Right. So that's the long term goal. And without contextualizing, it's not going to happen. So with contextualization, I think it's uh, understanding the culture that you're engaging in. Yeah. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't, don't know uh, Santana, it's it's a, it's filled with a bunch of how should I, how should I put uh, you know the the Spanish charismatic the the apostolic the, the old school, the old churches, school. Yeah. and so even uh, you know when we're cruising down down Santana, you know you have people there who are out there. They're open air preaching, but they're in suits. Yeah, and it feels, and it sometimes feels like they're preaching too much holiness, so that the so that the person can say, "Well, I can't live up to that." Yeah, I can't, I can't look like him. I can't live up to that standard that they're giving me. And so, when it comes to the contextualization, I guess also also when it comes to this, I'd have to ask this: Is it just preach the gospel? Is it just stand out there with a mic, with a suit, and just say, you need to repent, the wrath of God is coming? You know, uh, that, that's what I'm asking, because we're, we're, if we're trying to engage the culture, I mean, we, we, got, we got to present the gospel to, to, like you said, to the common man. See, that's, that's even and the that's, question right there that people have. Should we even engage the culture? Yeah, it's full of these liberal Marxists and all, all these, you know, social justice things, and and that's a problem. That's a big problem right there. That a lot of people, and you know, I'm gonna be straight out. You know what I mean? A lot of people take the 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 John MacArthur route and be like, just preach the gospel, because that's where that term comes from, right? And I'm not talking smack on John MacArthur or nothing like. You know, I've been edified. You know, and 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 the Lord has used that man through his preachings to 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 really edify me and learn of who God is, right? But just in the recent past couple of years, it's been like, no, just preach the gospel, you know, like without engaging the culture. And then and then the problem with that is that you get stuck in that mentality. So when you see something going on, you're like, no, I, we're not going to engage in that. We're just going to preach the gospel in itself. And that's all good to preach the gospel, but Jesus and the apostles did not only just preach the gospel, they did good works. They did the miracles. Yes, to prove that and, and affirm that the gospel, this gospel is coming from God, but they actually helped and, and reached the culture. They actually engaged the community. How else are you going to spread the gospel if you're not engaging the community? Well, think if even uh, the scripture where it says pure and undefiled religion is this, caring yes. for orphans and widows. Exactly. They didn't say within the church. No, it's not talking about yeah. the church. So it's just like, how, how are you going to do that if you're just preaching the gospel? It was like, there has to be something else. Yeah. Right. Than just speaking to them. Right. It's otherwise then it's just, you know, 
you know, be well. You know, you yeah. see somebody just <laughs> laying there on the floor who, who needs uh, food and shelter. And all you say is, you know, what? I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. Be well. Yeah. Yeah. So so our, our thing should be to engage uh, the culture, the community for the purpose of sharing the gospel so that people can understand so that they can get saved. So that, again, we can raise them up in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and there's a balance that comes with that, mm-hmm. right? With engaging the community to contextualize the, the gospel, right? The balance is on one hand, we're uh, being sympathetic and, and, you know, with empathy and uh, respect towards the, the culture and the people. But we draw a line when things go against the things of the Bible. We, we have a front. We, we stand um, and, and we sort of uh, buck against the culture in that way. So on one hand, we're, we're, we're here to help the, the community, to help it prosper, to help care for, for, for those in need. And then on the other hand, we don't just accept everything that the culture is, is, is preaching in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. We don't just accept the things of the culture, we're, but instead we stand against some of the things that go you know, very boldly against the Bible. Because here's the thing, like, you know, we're engaging the community, but these com- this community it, is going through s- suffering. They're going through it. It's like, okay, I hear the gospel, but how can I have this gospel in my life? I'm going through these things. And uh, I mean, I, I just got to, you know, say this, you know, uh, if, you, if you guys haven't heard uh, Reverend Rudy's sermon on the Acts 29 conference that was held a couple of years ago, he talks about the stories of, of what they went through during that whole COVID-19, COVID-19 situation, how, how they engaged the culture, how they, they didn't they didn't stop. He said, yeah, there's people that are getting these checks, but then there's other people that, you know, they're immigrants. Mm. You know, how, 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 so how can we as Christians infiltrate the, the, and engage uh, the culture when it's like, you're the communities mixed with a bunch is not uh you know they got you know people that 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 are that can't make um they that can't do it they they can't uh you know help you know pay their rent they can't uh, uh buy food and and, the, and us as christians you know infiltrate the culture yes preach the gospel but also engage the culture in helping out our communities and we can't be afraid to to be called Oh, you're a social justice warrior. Oh, you 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 know you're doing this, you're doing that. Because nowadays everybody's got a name for everything. But you know the word of God, just how the, how the scriptures that you guys mentioned. You know the word of God says, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God, and that that should that should be uh, applied in the in the in the with contextualization, engaging the culture, and not being afraid of what people might say or 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 whatever because nowadays people just got a name for everything now okay all right since you brought it up i'm gonna speak about it (laughs) rebuke me too if you have no so because because you said something that is is very true during the pandemic um you know everyone's happy stimulus checks and you know we're you know everyone was happy about that right uh but there is people that don't have papers that have crossed over from, excuse me, from Mexico, I didn't get no stimulus checks. They are probably working on the table and they're probably, you know, trying to survive. So the whole just preach the gospel thing, those kind of people that follow that model, 
they'll look at these people and be like, well, they're criminals and they shouldn't be here anyway. So I shouldn't be obligated to 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 provide for them because, you know, they're they're It's a crime for them to be here in itself. They're illegal. Right. And this is the problem that this whole thing comes because now you have mixed political views and and the Republican side and mixed it with Christianity. So to take the Republican side is to be Christian now. Right. And to be a Democrat is to be, you know, non-Christian. Right. So now we, we see people who are probably, you know, Democrats helping out the community more than Christians. They're actually engaging the community and they're actually trying to, you know, provide and, and help, you know, people who don't have papers and the Christians who are supposed to be doing these things are not because that's social justice right there. And we are not social justice warriors. That, that right there is the most unbiblical thing that I have ever heard of because to protest abortion who all Republicans will do and they'll stand against it. All Christians will stand against it. That right there is just as much a social justice issue as, you know, providing for, for the poor or even saying black lives matter. Both things are social issues that, that have injustices happening. So whether you're protesting abortion or protesting police brutality it's a social justice issue so republicans are just as much social justice warriors as democrats the the problem is is that they choose to do one thing over the other thing and say you guys are social justice warriors but we're not even though we're we're fighting for social issues that's the problem right there that needs to change christianity is in republicanism and abortion, protesting abortion is just as much a social justice issue as protesting police brutality or providing for, for the needy and things like that. And that right there is something big that needs to change because how else are you going to engage the culture if you don't, um, or if you're not alongside them when things happen that the community is hurting for? You know, it's just, it's just not just a... a uh, you know, an officer involved shooting and we see the pictures or, or the videos of it and, and the, ro the roses and flowers uh, on the street pole and things like that. The community hurts over these things. You have to realize someone just got their life taken, whether it was justified or not. There's people hurting and who else should be on the front lines comforting and sharing the gospel and walking alongside these the, the family members of the person who just got killed if not christians we should be the ones right there the church in the area of an officer involved shooting should be the ones right there engaging the community being the being, being the balance between uh, um corruption and and rioting you know we should be the ones in the middle saying Yes, this was an injustice, but that doesn't mean that all police officers are wrong. You know, we, we should be the balanced view and we should we should bring the gospel in ways that not only are, are both opposing sides are going to understand, but so that there can actually be a change in the community. 
And the only way things are going to change is if we bring the gospel to the community itself and not be afraid to actually engage and comfort hurting people. That that needs to change. I think that's where the gospel is going to hit the most when people are hurting and they're presented with this truth and they're not only hearing it, but they're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and I think that's something too that that is gained from experience. Right. Um, I, I remember hearing a number of people from, you know, from our time of evangelizing um, and how they would say that they responded differently to the gospel because they seen the people doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, when when the community sees that the church cares, the community is going to, you know, pay more attention to what they have to say. Um, but but how how does this now bring us back to to the topic of contextualization as we're talking about right uh, we're talking about engaging the culture engaging our communities um, and, and and so where where does this stem from within contextualization you look like you have something to say no as you were speaking I was just like man it's it's true you know that that, that saying that that, that that we say you know like Theology's gotta go from your head to your heart to your hands. Yeah, I mean, in, engaging the culture, co- contextualizing it, it, it all, it all, it all comes together. I think, mm-hmm. like even, even you know, you, you spoke about you know evangelizing days. Like, you know, we recently went out with with, a, with another church that's non-reformed, but it's like, man, I get, I got convicted because it's like, man, these guys. In their con- in their context, it's homelessness, right? Yep. So they were out there with clothes, with food, with water, engaging that community that nobody else wants to engage in. I, I think uh, uh, Martin used said that they're known as the invisible people. Yeah. Because nobody wants to engage with them, so the gospel is not being presented to them. But it's like we're going, uh, you know, this church, you know, that that, that we're, we're going with. Yes, they're preaching the gospel, but then they're 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 meeting them where they're at, mm-hmm. providing for their needs, and saying, "Hey, this is where the, where you know this 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 is the gospel. This is Christ right here." And you know, j- just through how you're talking about how not everybody gets the 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 Ray Comfort, uh, you know. If you go through the, the right comfort route, not everybody's gonna um, gonna respond to that. But other times, people are gonna be like, "Man, I I just needed someone to to see me." Yeah. I just needed someone to yeah to to, to, to look at me, and then that's where the gospel hits even more. So to answer your question, Justin, how does this engaging the culture, engaging the community, how does that bring us back to contextualization? I think that's a good example, Victor, what you said that we've been evangelizing with this other church um, who are, you know, supposedly tongue speak speakers. And and, you know, I'm I'm guessing that they have women pastors and things like that. Very, you know, like that. Um, but they're out there engaging the community. Right. This is how contextualizing fits in this, because the you know, the, the guy that we go with, the guy that I know. I, I've heard him. I see him. He said, bro, I was on the streets just like you. I was stuck on drugs just like you. And Jesus saved me. 
and you know, there's more to it than that. He doesn't. He doesn't just say that, but he he breaks it. Oh, Jesus Christ died on the cross and this and that. But the thing is, right there, he's bringing down the gospel, saying that Jesus saved me from exactly what you're going through. He identified with them. He identified with him. He became, you know, like Paul. He's all I, to the Jew, I become a Jew. To the to the you know um, to the Greek, to the Greek, and this and that. That's how you're doing it. That's that's he, he may be you know unbiblical and this you know tongue speaking and you know all these other things that, that we know that you know Pentecostal churches do, but on on the gospel he's, he's getting it right, right? He yep. he's contextualizing, he's bringing down the gospel in a way that is relatable, that is effective, and that is also um um how would I say it like he's actually showing it to them. He's not just preaching it to them. He's showing them why because hey. Because they set up a table with like you know hot water and coffee, uh, hot dogs and clothes for them to take. He's showing them the gospel. Yep. Right. So he's not only just you know preaching it. He's showing them also having compassion on people. Because that's when you know in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus feeds the five thousand, all those three say the same thing. And Jesus had compassion on the people, and he fed them. That right there. Is a gospel demonstration in itself, right? So, so this particular, you know, area of evangelizing to to the homeless, he's able to engage that community and be relatable and share the gospel in a way that is effective, because that's exactly what he's been through, you know. That that right there, you know, means where we need to get to that point where we're going to share the gospel in a way that people are going to see it, they're going to hear it. And and we leave the rest into God's hands, right? God, by the preaching of your word, by the sharing of the gospel, by loving the community, you're gonna draw your people into yourself, and you're gonna save people, right? Dang. Yep. So yeah. we focus a lot just on evangelizing things like that, but contextualization goes, you know, far beyond just evangelizing. It goes, you know, to 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 sermons, you know, preaching, you know. Uh, whether you're preaching to uh, you know a bunch of uh, rich people or you're preaching to the hood, both people are going to contextualize the gospel in the ways that both audiences are going to understand. Yeah. Also, when you know in in Sunday school for the kids, you're, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to break down the gospel in the way that children are going to understand. You're going to do these things, and that's just part of the Christian life is to break down um, these concepts so that people can understand. Yeah, even as we mentioned evangelism. Even within discipleship, mm-hmm. right? When when we see new believers coming into the church, um, when we take them on our wing, and and you know, at the end of the day, Christians should be in it for the long game, yeah, right. And and so we shouldn't be so quick to try to get people to understand these terms, or maybe if I use these big terms, they're they'll look it up themselves, or or they'll get they'll get used to it. But it's like no, like we gotta have to break things down for a while uh, to you know various people, like I mentioned, you know. To, to the young children where where it's simple enough to even um, babes are able to understand it um, or even to you know a generation older than yours <laughs> you being able to minister to them mm-hmm. you know ministering to people who are here ministering to people who are locked up yeah um, it's it's different and and so we as you know Christians we as believers we you know have to put ourselves out there to to give them the gospel and, and I guess build experience in that preaching to all kinds of people, um, not just to ourselves, not just to other Christians, uh, 
you know, to various people so that we can grow in this area of, of contextualizing the gospel so that people can understand it. Yeah. And the thing is without compromising, that's the thing right there. You share, it's the same gospel that's going to be preached, whether it's in the, in the, like I said, the rich area, the poor area, children, the same gospel has to be presented to everybody. The form in which it's going to be presented is different and that's okay. The, the, the gospel, the centered death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the same message that has to be presented to all audiences without compromising the essence of the gospel. That's where it's at right there. Yep. Yeah, man. We should do more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Oh man! Why don't we start a podcast? Hey, that's a good idea right there. <laughs> hey, yeah, you think you're onto something, brother? Why don't we engage the podcast? <laughs> engage the podcast community <laughs> and contextualize. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no. The, I was gonna say this is this was a dope conversation. Uh, something that we've been talking about uh, for a bit outside of you know recording this, um, but even even up till now. Uh, I, I guess the hope for us at Reform Rasa is to continue. Let me say that again. Reform Rasa. There you go. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's to continue recording. Um, obviously, it's not going to be as what we hoped for, as we said at the beginning of the season three. We're still in season three, right? Yes. Yeah. At the beginning of season three, we said we'd be doing a bi-weekly every other week. You, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the meme of Anakin Skywalker. Liar. <laughs> but uh, we, we're, we're trying, uh, you know, with the time that we do have, um, aside from everything else we got going on, uh, you know, being able to put out episode however we can. But, you know, for the future, for any episodes that have yet to be recorded and released, if you guys have any ideas for us, uh, something a conversation maybe you guys will you would like us to engage in um or any topic you would like to see us address you could go ahead and hit us up about that you know what actually be pretty dope as well is to have a zoom call with just you know anyone that wants to hop on like the listeners are from that that would be dope too you mean go do. live no, no like zoom, a zoom. zoom call zoom and by people I'm gonna come in and have a conversation. Yeah. So maybe we could do like dope. a core Christianity, where where we go live and then we say, "You got one question, go." <laughs> That'd be dope, huh? Yeah, that would be dope. Hopefully, it's not some dumb question or. or like a question. <laughs> you can even say that, bro. Hopefully, it's not a super it's question. Like, <laughs> is, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> Or, or maybe somebody uh, asking us some like deep question that we have yet to like study more into. I will get back to you on that, brother. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny, dude. Um, so yeah, man, don't forget to hit us up at reformrasa at gmail.com uh, with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us up right there. You can also hit up Martin's cell phone at seven one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, my wife would not appreciate that. Um, what was I going to say? Don't forget to leave us a five star 
like review. <laughs> rating. Give us a five-star rating, He's please. He's contextualizing to the people. Social media. My well, bad. What's My a bad. rating? I don't know. Likes. Well, give us a five-star like. And give us a follow. <laughs> just, just give us five stars, please. <laughs> um, go ahead and hit us up. Instagram, Reform Raza. Uh, Facebook, Reform Raza Podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify. I have a question. Do other people listen to other, like, there's a bunch of like podcast streaming platforms. Do people actually listen to those? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Let it, let us know where you're hearing us from. Yeah, let us know where you're hearing from. I, I that, think, that'd be I think interesting. maybe those are people who are listening from the computers because I don't, I don't see why someone would you know get like Stitcher for example. I mean, no, <laughs> hey, that was, so I don't like, know what that like, is. I mean, we are on Stitcher, but like. But like listening over like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those are the two like, main ones that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I don't know Podbean or something like. Give that. us your reason if you go if you <laughs> listen to those. Maybe you guys are uh, hipster. You guys don't want to use the mainstream stuff. I don't know. Are we on iHeartRadio? Uh, yeah, technically, because it's linked with Spotify. I think I assume. Let us know if you're on iHeartRadio. What are they? I don't know. Or if you heart us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, yeah, Apple. That's where our main, our main uh, uh, listeners come from. So if you're on Apple, I know it's just not 55 people listening to us on Apple. There's more than that. So if you got an an, an iPhone and you're listening to us, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you to hit that five star. I'm a, I'm away for you. We have to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, yeah, this is Reform Raza. We do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Grow as we grow. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I hit the right button. The red one. Remember, hey. the horse will be with you always. Always. Because this is for my